Hey, podcast family. As I've mentioned before, I often get ideas for the podcast based on real clinical scenarios. Well, I recently received a Facebook message from Alejandra, a practitioner and a good friend, regarding her adolescent gynecological patient. This patient had not been sexually active, but had developed new painful ulcers in the vulvar area. So her question is, look, I've done a workup for this and I don't know what else to do with this. What is this? So in this podcast, we're going to cover non-sexually acquired genital ulcerations, otherwise known as NSGU syndrome. This is Clinical Pearls. Non-sexually acquired genital ulcerations, or NSGU, are painful ulcerations of the external genitalia, usually occurring in adolescence, and it's unrelated to sexual activity. NSGU in females had previously been called Lipschitz ulcers, and this name has been replaced by non-sexually acquired genital ulceration, or NSGU syndrome. Now, let's say it's at stage here, right? We know what to do when a patient is sexually active and develops painful ulcers. I mean, what's the first thing you think of? I mean, you think of something like herpes, right? And that's fair. That's valid. But remember, in this case, we're talking about usually adolescent patients that have not been sexual at all. Now, I know what you're thinking. Well, she says she hasn't been sexual, but has she really not been sexual? Well, we're going to get into that. That's part of the workup in a moment. But, you know, believing patients at face value is all about physician-patient trust and relationship. So, again, this condition is specifically pathognomonically occurring in adolescents that are not sexually active. This condition, non-sexually acquired genital ulcerations, usually follow an acute systemic illness like tonsillar infections or upper respiratory tract infections or can even follow a diarrhea episode. NSGU mainly affects the vulva of adolescent girls with a mean age of around 14 years, but it can happen all the way up until their early 20s. Now, there have also been rare reports of similar scrotal ulcers affecting young, healthy adult males. So don't think that this condition is only a gynecological concern. All right, now let's get into possible etiologies of non-sexually acquired genital ulcers. Remember, that's the key there, non-sexually acquired. The cause of this condition is not fully understood, but it's thought to arise as a result of excessive acquired or innate immune response to an infectious agent in a predisposed patient. As the name suggests, NSGU is not due to a sexually acquired infection. The majority of cases are associated with Epstein-Barr virus infection, with the virus able to be isolated from these ulcers. Other infections that have been reported to be associated with NSGU include cytomegalovirus, mycoplasma pneumoniae, group A strep, influenza A viral infections, and even mumps. Well, now that we've taken care of possible etiologies, what does the clinical features look like? Well, non-sexually acquired genital ulceration is usually preceded by a febrile illness, and that can even include things like tonsillitis. So don't forget to ask these patients, remember these are young adolescents, non-sexually active, if they've had a weird febrile illness in the one to two weeks preceding the formation of these painful ulcers. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The condition presents with one or more well-defined, deep, punched out ulcers on the inner mucosal aspects and the adjacent skin of the vulva. The center of the ulcer is usually yellowish, but it can become black due to tissue necrosis. There's also a red rim around the ulcer, which can vary in size, but is usually at least one centimeter in diameter. Mirror-like or kissing lesions are often seen where there is contact across a fold, and this can also have some considerable swelling. Now, think about this. We're talking about deep, punched-out ulcers with a red rim around the ulcer. I mean, that sounds just like herpes, right? But remember, these are non-sexually active, usually virginal women. So remember that history is super important. But because these can look a lot like herpetic ulcers, it's still part of the workup to exclude herpes simplex virus because, as we mentioned before, even though she said she's not sexually active, it's still our medical ethics and our due diligence to rule out obvious sources of infection. We're going to get into workup in a little bit, but just remember, these kind of look like herpetic lesions, but the catch is that these patients have had no sexual activity. Now remember, just like herpetic lesions, these ulcers are typically very painful, and they can result in dysuria or prevent urination altogether, leading to acute retention of urine. This requires admission to the hospital and catheterizations at times. Also, lymph node involvement may be locally enlarged and tender, right? Sounds just like herpes virus. So that's why you still got to rule that out when we talk about management and workup. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. But you still have to make sure that it's not the obvious source of ulceration like herpes virus. But remember, these patients, again, as a clinical pearl, not sexually active. Well, that gets into us into our differential diagnosis of this condition. So let's cover that next. All right, everyone, this condition of NSGU is a diagnosis of exclusion. We still have to rule out other causes of genital ulcerations, especially of painful ulcerations. Because the condition is one of exclusion, it's still our due diligence to rule out the obvious causes like herpes simplex virus. So you still need to do a viral swab of PCR of these lesions. Even though syphilis usually presents with painless ulcerations, a workup for syphilis is usually done as well, just because it's part of the workup of genital ulcerations in general. Based on your degree of suspicion of whether the patient is sexually active or not, then you can also do a test for gonorrhea or chlamydia. Now remember that these investigations are negative in cases of non-sexually acquired genital ulceration syndrome. Now, even though we've always focused on STIs as possible etiologies, remember there's other weird stuff that you need to be on the lookout for. Make sure that these lesions aren't weird presentations of hydronitis operativa, which again is unlikely in this age, and that usually presents in a way different form than what we're talking about here. 
And in rare, I mean rare cases, these presentations can be weird forms of ulcerative colitis or Crohn's with fistulous tracts. But again, those usually are painless draining tracts and don't usually present as painful ulcerations. Okay, so where are we at? We have an adolescent patient, non-sexually active, painful ulcers on the vulvar area. And we've done our due diligence and we've ruled out every common and sometimes even rarer conditions as is clinically indicated. So what are we left with? Well, there is a strict criteria for diagnosing this condition. The diagnosis requires both major criteria and at least two minor criteria. The two major criteria that both must be present includes, first, an acute onset of one or more painful vulvar ulcers. And the second major criteria is, of course, as we've just said, the exclusion of infectious or other non-infectious causes of genital ulceration. Those are the two major criteria. Minor criteria, of which there must be two, include the following. These ulcers need to be of the vestibule or the labia minora. There also has to be no history of sexual intercourse in at least the past three months or ever. The next minor criteria is that these lesions must be preceded by flu-like symptoms, including fever, chills, fatigue, or general malaise. And the last minor criteria is that there should be some evidence, at least by history, of a systemic illness in the preceding two to four weeks. Now remember, for this condition, you have to meet both major criteria and at least two minor criteria, and there's four minor criteria overall. Now, if you notice, one thing we didn't talk about was biopsy of the ulcer edge. Biopsy of the ulcer edge in this case is rarely required because it's rarely diagnostic. And the reason is they're very nonspecific. Now, unless you're considering a vulvar neoplasia where a biopsy is indicated, in this condition, it's just not helpful. All right, well, that brings us now to management of this condition. First line is reassurance and symptomatic treatment. That's the most important because they're usually going to go away. Analgesics like Tylenol or NSAIDs, rarely stronger painkillers may be required just to give some local relief. Bladder catheterization when pain is severe and inhibiting urination may be considered. And also, it's okay to use topical anesthetic ointments or jelly. Just make sure that the patient washes their hands thoroughly to prevent any superinfection. Now, a potent topical steroid or oral corticosteroids are sometimes used in severe cases, but this is not universally recommended. A prolonged course of doxycycline or erythromycin may prevent recurrences, although that data is pretty soft and I usually don't give antibiotics for this condition. All right, podcast family, I actually learned about this condition as Lipschitz ulcers, but now it's called non-sexually acquired genital ulcerations, or NSGU. There you go. Not all painful ulcers of the vulvar area are STIs, so we got to change our mindset about that. Now, yeah, if a patient has multiple sexual partners and takes risky behavior, I mean, you've got to think about something like herpes. But in the relatively young, in other words, the adolescent patient who's non-sexually active, you've got to be open to other possibilities and believe the patient when she says, look, I've never had sex. Nothing's been going on down there with somebody else. And yet I have these painful ulcers. Remember, this condition is one of exclusion, but it is a real condition and usually it's self-limited and self-resolving. 
As always, thanks for being part of our podcast family, and we'll see you next time on Clinical Pearls.